Michigan's Upper Peninsula is my home and Escanaba is my hometown. I'm Craig Warple. Hometown Escanaba connects with the people, activities, and newsmakers of Escanaba and the UP. Join us for more interviews at hometownescanaba.com. Now let's find out what's going on. Ralph Blazier is running for re-election to the Escanaba City Council, and he joins us. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, and thank you. Is this the second or third time now you're running for re-election? Uh, this is the third. It could be the fourth, because the first two terms, I ran for two-year terms. Okay. So one run for two, one run for two, one run for four. So this will be the fourth time, but not the fourth full term. Why do you want to continue to serve on the council? Well, I think I've done good work. I've brought a very different point of view to the council from all the other politicians in the city. And I'd like to keep doing that. In what way have you brought a different point of view? Well, I tend to think of things more analytically and uh, almost without emotion or distraction. Um, so I've brought a very uh, well thought out um, knowledge of uh, physics and chemistry, which is important particularly around water, um, I think I could keep doing stuff like that. You say in your notes here that the development of the uh, city property and county property with the former jail is the biggest opportunity for the area. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, we had a development partner that we had to get a divorce from because they did literally nothing in two years, and that's just too long. They're way behind schedule. The jail was supposed to be demoed already, so right now we're seeking uh, replacements. Uh, I had a developer come to my house when I was at camp. He told my son to call him, and I called him the next day, and then I set up a meeting with the mayor and the manager and the developer uh, 48 hours later. In the end, we said, you need to show us a plan. Then I approached a local developer who I believe has the wherewithal to do a project, and in the end, I set him up with a, a telephone conference with the manager and the mayor, and in the end of that conference, they said, you need to bring us a plan. And uh, a different developer approached the manager. And they had discussions. In the end, they said, you need to bring us a plan. So we've got three potential developers. We haven't seen a solid plan yet. Uh, the city is right now preparing a request for uh, plans. That's not the right word. Anyway, request for projects. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't been published yet because we're waiting for a 60-day notice period after we terminated the contract with our previous uh, developer. Were all of these contacts before you ended the contract with Proxima? No, two were after. Okay, but one of them was before? Yes, one was before. Was that the reason for then ending the contract with Proxima? I don't think so. There's reasons that I cannot discuss in public that were pre-existing ending the contract. And the fact that they hadn't done anything, they hadn't performed in two years, was pretty high up on the list. Sure. COVID was in there, though, so there's a lot of development that didn't happen. Yeah, it's true, but they could have done a lot of the paperwork, and they didn't even do that. You can do paperwork when you have a virus. By the way, Proxima found out from news reports, even though you waited a week before announcing, that uh, you were ending the contract. So they were notified not by the city. Well, they were notified by the city by registered mail. The MEDC, which has money into this project, didn't know until it came out in the media. And even the EDA here locally didn't know until it came out. 
in the media? Why wasn't the city council in discussion with those groups that have been very instrumental in the development of this project or the advancement of it? Well, we've um, been in contact with the MEDC by a Zoom meeting. Before or after? After. Okay. And we revealed to them one of the problems with Proxima that I can't reveal publicly. And okay. they understood and went away happy. Okay. They agreed it should have been completed. Um, uh, it should have been canceled. You know we've been running stories on the investigation into the city on the financial parts of this project, right? No, uh, but that's what I can't talk about. Okay. Why can't you talk about it? Well, because I would be accusing somebody of a crime without enough proof to prove it. You know, when you accuse somebody uh, and it's true and you can prove it, you're pretty much immune to suit. But if you accuse somebody of a crime and can't prove it, that's close to slander or libel depending on how you publish it. Okay. It does involve missing money. Um, there's money that's missing. And we'll leave it with that. I, yeah, I don't feel that I'm comfortable giving you any more details because I, I think I would leave myself open for accusing somebody of a crime that I can't prove. How do you think this will be resolved? I don't think we're going to get the money back. Well, of course, I'm going to ask from who, but that's the part you can't ask. Well, I can't Answer. ask now. Okay. Um, you could make an educated guess. I mean, who did we contract, con- cancel the contract from? I mean, <laughs> if I were a guesser, I'd guess that. Do you, are you confident that something will happen at this location with the three potential developers? Um, at least two of the three are clearly able to pull it off. One may not have the finances. What about the projects themselves? Are they similar? Do you like them? Um, we're looking at high-end condos instead of hotel. Now, the, the community could use either. I mean, in the, in the vacation season, the hotels here sell out. So there would be... Um, and brings the traffic through the downtown. Correct. But high-end condos would be a success also, in my opinion. Uh, I have doctor friends who are retiring, and they have to go to Marquette because they want a condo because right. they don't want to tend their lawn anymore. And they have to go to Marquette. We don't have much in the way of condos here, if any. Mm-hmm. And then there was more room for development along that area, too. There is. There's the um, lot on which the old chamber building not, still sits. And then there's another lot east of that, which is not park, you know, before you get to the municipal dock. And those all could be developed, but we'd like to get rid of that eyesore and nuisance, which is now called the jail. The county mentioned that they may be willing to give it to the city. Are you open for that, uh, to try and consolidate the properties? I understand. <clears throat> That's like giving us a white elephant. A white elephant was given by the emperors of India to people that, as a punishment, sort of. It looked like a gift, and you have to treat this gift nice, and you have to feed it, but it's an elephant. If we were to take the property as is, we would be responsible for demoing that jail. That's at least a million-dollar cost. So if the city, I'm sorry, if the county wanted to give that to us, but somehow guarantee that they'll uh, honor the cost of demoing the jail, then we would probably take it because that's what we're worried about. But do you believe that the uh, potential developers would be willing to bring the jail down themselves? Well, that would have to be part of the deal. Okay. And if they're going to put up something there, a million to bring down the jail, which is what it's been estimated at, isn't that terrible compared to what they would have to invest in addition. 
You say that there are several challenges that the city still faces, one of them being water. Yes. Uh, that's on three fronts. The first front is we have to replace every lead service line in the city, and that's about 4000 and it costs about $4,000 each to do because you got to dig down from the city main to the house, and you actually have to enter the house, which is something our water department hasn't been doing. And you say, why is there any lead at all? When you're plumbing those houses for the first time, if there's any misalignment, even slight misalignment between the supply from the water main in the street to the entrance of the fresh water into the house, a lead pipe can be easily contoured with hand tools. And you put a couple small bends in the pipe and you realign those lines. That's why they have lead. Mm -hmm. Now, um, is replacing them the right thing to do? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, do we actually have to do it chemically? And the answer is no. What happened because you treat the water properly. We treat the water properly. Flint didn't. Flint had water treatment successfully for decades and decades, and nobody got lead poisoning. And then to save money, the receiver into whom hands the city government had been placed mm -hmm. found a cheaper source of water and used it, but it was acid. And the acid uh, leached the water out of the lead and poisoned the residents. Something similar is going on in Benton Harbor, too, but I don't know the details. In our city, we keep the uh, water pur purposely non-acid, and we don't have lead being dissolved out of the pipes. But we're mandated to take those leads out anyway, and I agree with that. It's the right thing to do. The city's been doing it. We've been doing it. Uh, but a long we, ways to go yet. We have a long ways to go. Now, the mandate gave us 20 years to finish, so we got to uh, replace 4,000 water lines in 20 years, um, and we're doing it. And it's going to cost $16 million. And the state just offered us $1.8 million to help, so 11% of the cost. Mm -hmm. And that's good. We're going to use that. The next challenge is the wastewater plant. Is the wastewater plant, yeah. And that comes mostly because there are leakages of rainwater into the sanitary sewer. Part of the city has storm sewers, and that's supposed to take the rainwater. The whole city doesn't have storm sewers, but... They'd have uh, sewer sewers everywhere, and when the water level gets high like it was last year, it leaks into the sewer system, and it overflows the water the wastewater water. treatment plant, mm -hmm. which then sometimes, a couple times a year so far, gets dumped into the, into the bay. Well, we're doing two things. We hired a firm called C2AE, and I Googled this morning to find out what C2AE means, and they don't say it. It's just the name of the company. Sure. They're an engineering company, and they're going around the city trying to find these leaks. They do it acoustically. They do dye tests. When they find the leak, our city goes out and fixes them, and that's ongoing. So the problems should be smaller each year. Next, uh, you have the supply at the water plant. Well, I was going to go deeper into sewage. Okay. Um, You've, you're making steps to expand the water, the wastewater plant. Yes, that's exactly right. That's what I was just going to say. Uh, at the water supply plant, there's a big tank called a uh, uh, separator. Well, it separates the solids. And we've only got one of those tanks. And if it needs maintenance and it goes down, we have to stop producing water. We want to get two tanks. We have, we're getting... We're, looking for grants and loans to do two things. Either split the tank into two so that either half can run 
or duplicate the tank so we have two tanks of the same size we have now. That That's ongoing. A lot happening in the water, wastewater arena. Those are the biggest challenges you see for the city. Yeah, there's other things that are ongoing, like ongoing paving. We keep right. doing that. and We're going to need a new bridge or a repaired bridge to Aronson Island. We're going ahead with that. But the size of those uh, challenges are not the size of the water challenges. You have been somewhat controversial over the, your term here. Why should someone vote for you for re-election? Well, I bring some wisdom related to age. I bring a vast quantity of knowledge to the problems. Um, you know, I've studied my entire life. I studied medicine, surgery, law, uh, biomechanics, engineering, chemistry, physics. And I bring, those are things that actually matter to some of our decisions. And if I can do that, I'd like to keep doing it. One of the more controversial points that you had was uh, talking about shooting a protester during the 4th of July celebration in the first year of COVID. Yeah, let me clarify th things. That occurred on June 4th, 2020, and there had only been two or three riots uh, to that date, but it was easy to predict that the riots were going to continue. And I never used the word protester. I never said shoot a protester. I believe protesting is an American right. What I said was shoot looters, arsonists, and people who are throwing things at the police trying to hurt them. What were they throwing? They were throwing bottles of drinking water that were frozen solid. And then somebody came up with the idea of making a cut in a tennis ball, filling the tennis ball with cement, and after it hardens, throwing it at the police. Those people... I would favor shooting in the legs. Now, to make this even more ironic, on June 2nd, 2020, candidate Biden said the police should be trained to shoot uh, rioters in the legs. And I thought that everybody, on having him said that on June 2nd, would know about that on June 4th and see that I was just trying to be ironic with the, with the candidate's own statement. Unfortunately, nobody apparently caught that June 2nd uh, broadcast except me. Uh, and finally, the reporter who reported this was Ilsa Mattis, who has changed her name to Ilsa Minor by marriage, reported that everybody in the room knew I wasn't being serious. They all perceived it as a joke, although most people found it not funny. Do you regret saying it? Well, I don't know. Um, I would have had less controversy in my life if I had never said it. But I guess I don't regret it strongly. It was true. I mean, there was obviously were going to be looters and rioters and arsonists. But not here in Escanaba. Not in Escanaba, so we probably wouldn't shoot anybody here. But I've seen the news stories of the people carrying off their protests in the following manner. Break into the front of the store, steal a big screen TV, and then set the store on fire. Now, if that's a protest, it's a protest I don't understand as a protest. How do you feel about your comments being taken widely through media downstate and even across the country well i regret how they did that because they deliberately lied they claimed nationwide i don't remember which nationwide nude service took it or that would be associated press ap okay they said i said shoot protesters which i never said never meant to say i wouldn't mean to shoot protesters but somebody who's um smashing in buildings and setting the building on fire whether they know there's somebody upstairs or not uh and throwing hard objects at the police. 
that shouldn't be allowed to go on. And many of our blue state uh, mayors have deliberately let it go on. Seattle, for example, they called it the CHOP zone, which means a zone that police can't go into. And the mayor said it's the summer of love. And she said they're going to have spaghetti dinners there. And it was all okay. But it was all okay as the stores behind the news broadcast were burning. You are in the process of reevaluating the city manager. You were instrumental in having him stay with the city during this last process. That's true. Why? Well, uh, as I have said publicly in city council meetings, he's more intelligent than we'd hoped for, and he knows his job better than we expected. And we had had him hired. He was happy here. But then uh, he wasn't completely happy with his contract, and he got another job offer in Florida. I was instrumental in writing him a contract that he could live with. I mean, I didn't do that alone. I mean, I did I did write it alone, but the city council approved it. It, it increased his pay. Um, well, that's most of it. It increased some of his side benefits, but the pay was the big thing. How do you feel the city is doing? Well, surprisingly well. Um, we meet our budgets each year, and the, the manager is instrumental in getting those budgets done. He rides herd on the various department directors until they come up with a budget that meets their needs as far as they can and doesn't break the bank either. One of your more expensive ones other than the ones we've already talked about would be public safety. Yeah, fire trucks and uh, patrol cars. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they need those things to do their job. Um, the ladder truck, I think we went in partnership with one of the other communities on that. If you have a fire in anything tall, you need that. Um, you say they're well equipped. I, I see you written I there. agree. They're pretty well equipped. We haven't denied them much. We gave them a new patrol pickup truck. We gave them one or two patrol uh, Ford Explorers with uh, grill guards on it. Why is that important for you to do that? Well, the old cars get run down. You know, they're. <laughs> I meant support the public safety. Oh, oh, oh. Um, we're in the era of defund police. That's a crazy idea. There's a, been a 20 to 50% increase in crime across the country, especially in the big cities, because of that defund the police movement. You can point to Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, Chicago. Not much Detroit, by the way. The Detroit uh, chief of police came out and says, if you ride here, you're going to have consequences. Mm -hmm. And that's unusual across the country. Very few people did that. How do you feel public safety is doing here? Well, they're doing fine. I don't think they're holding down the riots because I don't think we have rioters here. But um, a few weeks ago, there was a, a Support Your Police Day. So I called up public safety and talked to a detective, and I said, we appreciate you being here. Thank you. And please pass this on to your other personnel. He said he would. I assume he did. I didn't take a role uh, call to see if he did. You say that they have good morale, that the morale is good there. Well, it's good because we support them. Mm -hmm. uh, we support them financially. Nobody's uh, carrying around signs that say defund the police. I have a shirt that I wore yesterday that says, uh, what did it say? Something affirmative about the police. Refund the police. Something like that. Sure. And um, there's back our blue signs in, what, 10% of the houses? I mean, we're showing all the public support we can. If their morale isn't good, it's not, it's not the city's fault. What do you want to say to voters here today? Well, I'd like to continue the work I've been doing. 
I think I've been doing a good job. The voters may know that better, particularly the ones that watch TV. Uh, I can't watch city council on TV because I'm not home. I'm in the council meeting. Right. So I don't even know if, if the coverage is good. Uh, I assume it is, but I don't know that. So if you think I've been doing a good job, I'd like to continue. Ralph Blazier is running for re-election to the Escanaba City Council. I appreciate your time with us, and good luck with the campaign. Well, thank you for having me over. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our sponsor, SwedishPimple.com. Check out all of the fishing lures made right here in the Upper Peninsula at SwedishPimple.com. You can continue to follow us at HometownEscanaba.com. We connect with the people, activities, and newsmakers from Escanaba and Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Music